Hello everyone and welcome back. This is Bald Bold and Gold. This is the big one. We've waited all offseason through the first four weeks of this year for the matchup with Ohio State. We bring on Danny Felton to help preview this week's game as well as go through last week's action in college football. And of course, stay tuned at the end for our picks. All right, everyone, welcome back to Bald Bold and Gold. Just like last week, we have another special guest. This time, a recurring guest. You may have heard him before. We were called referring to him as DJ Steez at the time. He's retired as a DJ, and now he's just a consultant. Welcome, Danny Felton. Danny, quick reintroduction for our listeners that may not know who you are. There's many of them. Hello, Bald Bold and Gold audience. Long-time listener, not a first-time caller. Pumped to be back. we got a big one to, uh, to break down here in South Bend on Saturday night. Um, friend of, of everyone on the program for many years now, uh, Notre Dame fan for most of my life. Um, happy to bring my insights. Uh, going to be hard to follow up the field guy you guys had on, on last week. He did a, did a really good job, but I'll do my best. Good shit. I, I guess let's just get it rolling. I think we can recap last week in college football before we get into the Irish. Um, yeah, not a lot going on. I, I think the biggest story is, once again, the continuation of the elite teams kind of struggling against inferior opponents once again no true team stand out I, I think my favorite game of the week was what's going on in tuscaloosa and our esteemed friend tyler buckner getting pulled after a horrendous performance i think that we wanted to touch on these as a group because again there wasn't a ton going on on saturday but it was a bad day to be a former notre dame quarterback so we can start we can start in tuscaloosa for sure but mm-hmm. uh it was not good in uh, where they play Tempe, and it was not good in Pittsburgh either. Yeah, not, um, not at all. Yeah, no, I would love to touch on it as a whole. Uh, I think we need to have the Tommy Reese conversation, not necessarily from a coordinator standpoint, but from a talent identification standpoint, basically to what you're getting at, Slev. Because um, he also, like, Cade McNamara is also a – former Notre Dame recruit that Tommy loved. Um, and I was not looking as clean as they should either. That was, a, that's a very good point, Ian. I think uh, Iowa so, might be looking as clean as they should, but that's, that's a lot. Even so, Kate, Kate at Michigan, I just think for what Notre Dame was as a program and who Tommy Reese ended up getting as his quarterbacks, it's looking very bleak. So I think the Tommy Reese conversation is more so the talent identification than the X's and O's conversation. But, uh, Back to what happened in Tuscaloosa, Danny. For, first take from you. What's your what's your ceiling for Alabama this year? I mean, I I just honestly am, am surprised we were nine and three last year. Looking at the way that our, our former quarterbacks performed across the country, um, I think I think Drew Pine had four turnovers on like twenty five snaps or something um, in Arizona, and then yeah, I mean, you know, we've all been on the the receiving end of a quarterback carousel, and I think. You know, if you're 19 years old and you're you're being repeatedly told by your coach that you're not fit to start, it's going to mess with your psyche and it's going to mess with your team psyche. Um, fun to watch a potential demise of a juggernaut, but uh, Tommy Reese has his work cut out for him the rest of the year. You know, what's crazy too is like, D, we had a few eyes on it, um, or maybe I, I, I had a little bit before you got there, but like, it was the defense was like the Alabama defense was outstanding. Like mm-hmm. they didn't play a very good USF mm-hmm. team, but like three points they. They really closed the door. Uh, I also think that – I think that Milrow was suspended. This was something that Josh Pate fought up on late kick on, on Sunday. 
Um, I think it was a quiet in-house suspension. Um, and I think that ba- that Saban probably thought he could get away without playing him th- this week. Uh, he barely skated by, but I-, I-, I know he's already been named the starter back this week. A lot of those point- signs are pointing to he suspended him internally, and that's why it was basically Reese's choice to go to either Buckner or Sims. And he was, he was obviously pick Buckner, but I'm not as concerned about Alabama as much as I am just thinking the SEC is a little bit down on the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I think like, I think they could still win the West and, but I, I just don't think it's a strong year for the SEC. And that goes back to the quarterback thing we talked about last week. Yeah. I mean, no cakewalk this week at home either. No, no. lane train. Lane train coming to Tuscaloosa, I believe. Right? Or is it or were they at Oxford? No. Yeah. It's in Alabama. Uh, is it Tuscaloosa? I think so. Yeah, it's in Tuscaloosa. It Thank is. God for them. Because that that I don't even know if they'd be favored if it was in Oxford. Probably would, but it'd be it'd be a tight line. But I I, I think we have more to discuss there later, Slough. Yes, we do. We're gonna we're gonna come to that that uh that game later. So we can punt on that one for now. Um I do do, do you mind if I read the stat regarding the, the combined the combined performance of the three Notre Dame quarterbacks. Uh, pl- please do. Okay. Buckner, Jerkovic, and Pine on Saturday were 18 for 43, which resulted in a 38, 38% completion rate. They threw for 156 total yards, no touchdowns, and had five interceptions. And two think- fumbles by Pine. And oh. two fumbles by Pine. On the year, they're 41% for 587 in total, four touchdowns, five interceptions, 10 sacks. There's a, there's 150-something – college football games a week, I'm pretty sure those three quarterbacks had the three worst performances in college football. I certainly think you could make that argument. Hilarious. We know how to pick them, baby. We know yeah. how to pick them. Did you guys uh, – Danny, I want to I hear your take on this too, given that you know me me and Bones got to celebrate all weekend with our with our West Virginia pick. Did you guys see what this, what this kid from West Virginia said, so this defensive funny. back, about so Jerkovic? Funny. He yeah, wasn't even he, trying to be mean. Ahead, no, he was like being very matter of fact. He did not call Jerkovic out by name. He just said the pick quarterback. He was like, if you can, if you go find it, I'd go listen to it because taking out of context, it sounds pretty bad. But he just said, uh, we knew coming into the game the quarterback wasn't good at his job. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think the guy just like is the most sensitive player in college football. Like, I think he, he just gets shit. Yeah, he's just constantly on social media before games. I think he gets derailed really easily and, and rattled in, in the game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, playing that dud, would they score six points against their biggest rival? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's yeah, a hard the, one. To come the Nears from. hooped. The Nears hooped. The Nears so. did hoop. Yeah. Yeah. I got, hey, we I got that. I got McDonald on my fantasy team, too. He's a good asset. I like, I like uh, him to have a running back. Speaking of Nears that hooped, how did Bones' um, member gas go? Uh, they, yeah, they, they made it out of their flight. Uh, I think they lost in a chip off or something. He was, he was pretty bummed out, but, uh, <laughs> I think he appreciated the shout out. Uh, so, you know, we love, uh, we love the pod pulling for him. Love it. I think yeah. we're, we're, we're a nearest pod now going forward though. We have to be. Yeah. And bones treats this pod. Well, so yeah, that's all right. right. The nearest, I, I made a mistake. Hand up. I made a mistake. Yep. <laughs> Not as many mistakes as that that field guy who went two and four on picks last last week made. He did indeed wow. go two and four. He he hit his lock though. He hit his lock. That's all that matters. Fair uh, enough. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, not a whole lot going on. Georgia struggled for a bit. You know, as you know, like when we say not your father's Georgia team, yeah, it's not the absolute pump wagon that they were the last 
two years. Like, yeah. you know, they're missing Stetson Bennett. They're still breaking in quarterback, breaking in a lot of new players. But once again, with their schedule, I don't think there's a lot to be worried about going forward. In terms of the other top contenders, Ohio State, we'll talk plenty about them. They finally got it rolling a bit. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I think one of the other main stories was what the hell's going on in Boulder. Yeah. That was – did you guys watch – D, I don't know I don't know what time you got home, but I, I was home – we got home from the concert to watch the – I watched the second quarter uh, and then the second half, and, boy, that was a fun game. Like, that that was some good old-fashioned hate. Uh, much I mean, like that you one, saw Pitt, Pitt, West Virginia, but they, they that was yeah, some hate going on in that field. That one DB tried to kill uh, like half yes. of the Colorado team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did not get to see it. Danny and I were a little bit in the wind celebrating his birthday. Uh, <laughs> so we did not get eyes on it. Woke up to see the madness that ensued. Yeah. Uh, how close are they to losing? Quite close. Quite close. Like the, gonna, the whole third, gonna, fourth quarter, I thought there was no shot. Yeah, but I know a, they had to. It was a ninety-eight yard drive. To yeah, tie it up, 90, and ninety-eight yard game. drive from Shadur, and it looked awesome. The drive was the drive was impressive as shit, and from inside it up too. But it took all bit of of the, of that drive to get them just to get them to overtime. Yeah. All right, I, I have a question. If they finish the season three and six, finish six and six, will they have exceeded expectations? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I guess it yes. reset expectations, but no. do you think, yeah, still counts? Yeah, I think, I think, I think to meet the expectations going forward, they'll have to get to eight and four. But I, th- I still think it, I, th- I think those are like, I think that's bullshit to reset the expectations. Uh, yeah. After three games, I like, I think they're they've already far exceeded expectations this year. Well, there is like a, a clip that leaked of Deion Sanders and like the box after the game saying that his son's coming back next year and that he doesn't want him to go to the NFL. So yeah. I don't know. Which, I mean I think like the momentum is the momentum is there and we'll see in another day and age wouldn't happen, but like there you you can feasibly see him just paying his sons to stay there and then they they run it back next year. And then you set the expectations. But all the notable journalists and whoever covers college football was like, yeah, no shot they even get close to making a poll. Um mm-hmm. and now they are it would be blasphemous for them to not make a ball. So, I, I mean, I think the expectations have been shattered. Um, and it's kind of like revisionist history for us to say if six and six isn't it. Three and a half, three, 3.5 was there over under in Vegas to start the season. Yeah. I have one more. I still think, I, I think it, they turn back to a pumpkin this week. I did. Yeah. I, 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 I think they get humbled this week. I mean, yeah. they're 21-point underdogs. <laughs> they should yeah. never have been 21-point favorites at Colorado State. Um, they're at home against Colorado State. But, like, Oregon, I think, is going to do something silly to them this week. They just don't have the depth. You can't keep this going for as long as they're going. They don't have the depth. Yeah, and or- Oregon's got dudes everywhere, including Bo Nix, Heisman frontrunner. Not actually, but they would like to think so. I, I-, I mean, yeah, but like like you guys said, it's – it's a fun story. The shot, most shocking side about Colorado is they were the most watched game of last Saturday, including a Florida-Tennessee matchup right before them at 7 o'clock yeah. Eastern, so at 10. They almost doubled the viewing audience for that it, one. It, it, it's it was actually, the night game, like the last yeah, game. It was, it was late. It's actually unbelievable that, like, the Pac-12 I, – I, I know what's going away, and, and they're going to be different conferences now, but, like, 
it's unbelievable the Pac-12 can't get any sort of scheduling done correctly. Did you guys see that they're playing UFC in a few weeks and the game is announced as a, as a noon Eastern kick yeah. for Boulder, which yeah. means it's a 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Mountain Time kick? Mm-hmm. It's preposterous. Are you like like your two probably your two biggest names in college football right now are Shadur Sanders and Caleb Williams, and they're playing a 10 a.m. local game? Are, are we, is this a nine-year-old Pop Warner game? Like, yeah, it's such a mess. That's such a mess. I mean, that's just Fox toying with them. Yeah, for uh, sure. The the game on Saturday was not the most watched, not just the most watched game of the day. It was like the number five most watched college football game ever, regular season, which is unbelievable. It had, it had a ton of ton of eyes on it. Yeah, yeah. So it, for this 10 a.m. kick against USC as a college kid, what time do you wake up? For a 10 a.m. kick, four. Yeah. Oh, four. Gosh. Yeah. Depends yeah. if you eat breakfast or not. Probably if you're a breakfast. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be a breakfast guy on that day. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> do you have uh, what else you got on your schedule? Because uh, at some point, I want to kind of go around and list where we're at in the top five. Because we're seeing so much shakiness at the top, I kind of want to see the opinions of everybody. But you guys, yeah, I got, I got, Let's I do got, that. See, I got, I got two more, and we'd be remiss to not mention the KSU Missouri game. You guys were on the right um, side of it. I was on the wrong side of it. God. But what a like, what a really, really good football game. I thought both quarterbacks played well. Will Howard, Brady Cook is better than I thought he was, and the Alpha Nerd Eli Drinkowitz coached a, a really solid game a 61 yarder to win the football game that would not have been good from 62. Yeah. Um, after was, yeah. After five yard penalty, uh, just, it, just a really another one where like worth going to watch the 11 or 12 minute extended highlight because it was a, it was like a quality football game. Also was that kid from Andy, you know, that kid from Missouri's name, the wide receiver. Cause he, mm-hmm. he, he balled out their number. Their number one kid went, went nuts. He's like, he might be the best receiver in the West for sure. Like I'm pretty certain of it. Uh, the wow. FCC West. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that game was awesome. And then the only other question I wanted to pose, we're going to bump back to Tommy Reese's um, interesting quarterbacks. I said this before D you hopped on, but who's going to score more points per game this year, Iowa or Alabama? It's a great question. I'm oh, still going Bama. Bama. I'm still going Bama. Probably, but Ferenc is allegedly coaching first job. So, yeah, I I don't know. It, that doesn't mean that he's gonna be any better though. Like he, he <laughs> I don't think he's gonna like step it up. He's still still a terrible OC. Um, and I think just the games in the Big Ten will be slower. Uh, and there will be times when SEC can beat the crap out of Andy, beat the crap out of probably I don't know. I guess not Missouri anymore. But do they see South Carolina? I don't know if they do. Um, there will be times when Bama can kind of get their number up. And I do think Jalen Miro is talented like he yeah, can yeah. really make plays happen he's gonna make idiotic plays but he can he can put a number up yeah, he struggled yeah. against a really good texas defense yeah yeah i think people forget about that too like i know they went they were in the fourth quarter tied with wyoming but mm-hmm. i think that's more of a bama hangover than anything like bottom line is still won the football game and i think their def like their defense is way better than i think they've been in the past mm-hmm. yeah all right should we get to top fives yeah uh, let's start. With, let's let's do the guess. Yeah, Danny, you go first. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think Georgia holds at one. Um, I think I I think I slot Texas in at two, uh, just via Michigan not playing the single soul uh, and and not uh, likely to play anyone competitive. Uh, who do they have this week? 
Rutgers. Rutgers. They have they have the Scarlet Knights. Uh, right. Apologies. That's apologies that's to the. They've, the given, up, they've given up one touchdown this year. Man, so, I should yeah. I should get off the pod now, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't even talk about it, but but Florida State had a scare against Boston College this week. Um, yeah. Had to mount Slep, what happened? Red bandana uh, game. Dude, red band. I think it's I. You know what? I it's the red, red bandana game. The worst part is it's, it's just kind of sad that like. It was the Red Bandana game, and and they bought in like probably the best team that's going to play in Chestnut Hill all year, and it was still pretty empty. Uh, it was just like, and I almost think that worked against Florida State. Like, it, they're playing through the outskirts of a hurricane. There's nobody in the stadium. Like, you can kind of pull the energy sleepy. out. Yeah, you just it's a noon kick. You, I think it's just a sleepy, sleepy, sleepy thing. It's another thing where like, I'm not going to put too much stock in that. It's, and I'm not putting too much stock in what happened with Texas either. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll round us out here. I think uh, I think USC should jump Florida State. I mean, USC's you have to score under like 50 points a game. They handled Stanford pretty easily on Saturday. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think that fifth spot, it's kind of a toss-up. It could be Florida State. I'm going to slot Ohio State in there for now. Um, I think they, you know, showed the offensive flash they were hoping to. Um, and their game on Saturday, and I'm sure we'll talk a bunch more about what that means for us um, when we play them this Saturday. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Georgia, Texas, Florida State, Southern Cal, Ohio State. I had Michigan still in there. Um, I don't. You you got to play someone with a soul. Yeah. I know Ohio State really hasn't either. Yeah. Indiana has more of a soul than either team Michigan played. Either of the teams. All right, I, I'm going to mix mine up a little bit. I'm going to go probably still Georgia. Number two, I'm going to go Florida State. Whoa. Number three, I'm going to go Penn State. I think they're very talented at, at this point, and I think they've actually – like they they beat Illinois. Illinois is a good team. They beat Illinois in Champaign, 30-13. Number four – Wait, what did I say? I said Georgia, Florida State, Penn State. State. Number four, I'm going to go Washington. I think mm. Washington's talented, and they've they've done the most. Beat the crap out of out of Michigan State. Good pick, pops. Evil, but good pick. Uh, <laughs> and then number five, I'm going to go with Texas. I don't think Texas has proved it totally just yet, and especially what we're seeing from Alabama. It's not right there, but they do have the best one of the season. Uh. I'm gonna go something relatively similar to Ian. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna probably mix it over here, but Georgia's still number one to me. Um, and I'm biased, so Michigan's not gonna make my top five. But yeah, probably. that's biased. That's all biased from all of us. I think. So I'll go Georgia, Texas, Florida State. I think USC is probably my fourth team, and Washington is definitely like Washington definitely has to be a top five team in in my opinion. They. Credit to USC and Washington. They're dismantling everybody they play. Like, like yeah. they could, they take, they take their foot off the gas at, at halftime, and it doesn't matter. Um, so I, I like, I, they both have to, they both just have to get a little love here. Um, Ohio State and Penn State, I think, still have left some stuff on the table. Um, you know, obviously, we win this week, we get to bump up. But that, that's, I think, that's my top five for now. There's some fun going on. You know, the fact that we have yeah. this much variability that you can slot a team like Washington, Penn State. Your Penn State's usually been around kind of where we're sitting now, that nine spot around there. I mean, like, after Georgia, like, two through nine, I'd say, are pretty much interchangeable, not interchangeable based off resume, but, like, 
you put any of those two teams on the neutral field, the spread's within a touchdown, I think. I'd go two through ten. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon was Oregon 10 up the AP poll this week. Yeah. And Cam Rising's back for Utah. I don't know. Like that, they could look really good. Um, that's a pro- that's a proven thing for me, but I, I yeah. agree and I see what you're saying. If I'm I'm saying right now it might sound crazy. Don't let LSU get hot. I don't want them to get hot, but like they're damn talented. If they figure it out like mentally, um they might have some some issues going on. But if they do figure it out and they get hot in the SEC, I think they could absolutely roll through and make make the CFP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the poll right now, and I think I'm kind of drawing a line after 10. So, yeah, I'm with you. And then I'm probably drawing another line after, after 12. 12, and then probably another one after 16. Yeah. I mean, there's some teams that are in, like, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Oregon State, yeah. you know. We'll Oklahoma see. looks really good. That, that yeah. I don't know if that's real or not, but they look really good. Yeah. That could be a really, a really good Red River rivalry when that happens. It's going to be a fun year. Anything else we want to hit on around the country? Um, I think we're good. Another good thing here is hey, if Duke keeps winning, that's a, that's a good thing for us. So, yeah, night game there, which, yeah. is, which is exciting. Wallace Wade at night. Oh, yeah. All right. So moving on to what happened last Saturday. Obviously not the gem of our schedule. It's a Peacock game. We had eyes on it. You know, it's it's one of those games that, you know, you kind of pray no one gets hurt. You win, you maybe cover. And, you know, if you take that into account and the fact that the Irish outgained Central Michigan by 310, you win by three-plus scores, you know, you say it's good. But honestly, you know, there's a lot to be desired that was left on the field. My personal thing that stood out to me most was defensive assignments and tackling. You know, we gave up too many chunk plays. Too many guys not doing the fundamental things right that we will need to beat Ohio State. Um, for for me, for me, the, the tackling was concerning. Obviously, um, wasn't great all the way around the horn. Um, the other thing too is I'm still, I think this week will be tested and we'll get to it. But something's still not sitting right with me on the offensive line. It felt, it feels like we should be closer than. Than we are. I think that like Corell's being really solid in the middle. Like I think he's been some pretty good at center. Uh, I think Alt's been great on the left, and the other three, I'm still Fisher. Fisher's the guy for sure at right tackle. I'm just looking to see more. The other two guys, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, so figure it out or figure it out, figure it out soon before you get exposed. I haven't seen Coogan get beat that much. No, but I just don't know. Like, it's like the run, like the run blocking, great. It's just like when you face more dynamic athletes, and like you kind of tell his feet aren't all the way there. He's sometimes a little confused by the blitz packages. I think it's more so Spindler than Coogan for sure. But like both of them, man, are just. I was hoping they'd be a little bit more of a known quantity coming in. Blake Fisher, Blake Fisher looks like he's coming back. Like, does not look like he's he's ready to go to like. Yeah, I mean, we almost lost Sam Hartman because uh, Spindler got a bit confused on a defensive line shift. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, the fact that Sam Hartman was still playing in the fourth quarter of that game goes to show that it was a bit of a, a letdown performance, but, you know, we got out with a win. Um, I will say, uh, I said this, I think Ian and D, you guys saw this today, that 
cool stat here. Um, I guess we'll see if it's sustainable or not. But Notre Dame leads the nation in touchdowns out uh, outside from outside the red zone, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It means we're hitting some big plays, and we did that. If there's one thing we did well this week offensively, it was hit big plays. I know that SMA's second touchdown, the second long touchdown, came back on a stage mm-hmm. holding, but like Estime, Tyree, Merriweather. I said, I told, I said. Tobias Merriweather is going to get his. He got his this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good to it was good to see them hit some big plays over the top. Like if they're going to load the box and um, make it difficult to run, or they're going to they're going to load the box, they're going to blitz. You got to be able to hit the, hit the balls over the top. So yeah, one thing I love is that it, it's gone to different guys. It's not just one guy. Like our big plays were four different guys. Rico Flores had another deep catch. Jaden Thomas as well. You know it's. Goes again to Sam Hartman. If you're open, he'll find you. It's pretty funny. Like, grass is always greener. Or, like, what do you want from us type thing? Because last year the issue is that we didn't have any explosive plays, and now the issue is that we're big play reliant. It's, <laughs> it, it's pretty funny. Like, I'd it's much rather prefer this. Yeah. Um, like, take the top off a little bit. There were a little, like, seemed like we were a little sloppy. Seemed like the refs were sloppy. We're not on their A game. I'm not going to say, like, they they just weren't on their A game. They missed some stuff they shouldn't have missed. Um, best thing I saw this weekend was came on Monday when Freeman gave the injury updates. Like I think getting Bertrand back is massive. Like I think yep. it, that hurt us a lot. Not like we didn't really need him, but we would have been a lot better with him. Uh, Mitch Evans playing is big, and then DJ Brown playing probably playing is big as well. And so, Rubio, right? And Rubio will be back. And Rubio, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three are all humongous um, on those three, Rubio, Bertrand, and DJ Brown are humongous on the defensive end, and then having Mitchell Evans back is, is huge as well. So I think the little things need to get cleaned up, but I just have a ton of confidence that like this group can clean it up. Sam Hartman missed a couple. He probably, once he watched the tape, will see something a little bit differently and pick it up. Yeah, uh, having those guys back to Big and, and I think, you know, this was a point made on the podcast this week, but it was his the JD Bertrand being out was not a huge problem for his immediate backfill, which was Jack Kaiser. Like I think Jack JD Bertrand is the better guy to have in there. However, Jack Kaiser there isn't a steep drop off. He got hurt. Though. The problem did he? Did Kaiser get hurt? I'm walking off a little bit. I think he just banged up, but he should be okay. He's got, I saw him. I saw him, he's got a big bandage on his leg. But so the drop off from Bertrand to Kaiser wasn't that large, but the drop off at Rover from Kaiser to Sneed was massive. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that trickle-down effect right there where you got to start playing some younger guys who aren't every down guys or aren't half half the snap guys, right? You know, Jalen Seed's probably still only a 10 to 12 snap a game guy as he's learning, but it's that trickle-down effect that really probably ended up hurting Notre Dame um, this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, getting those guys back is, is huge. It's also just like – I know Hartman is the ultimate coach on the field because he's 24 years old, right? But like Bertrand's also that guy too. He's yeah. he's been he's been around the block. He's been there a bunch. He's played a ton of big games and had big roles in them. Like he is that coach on the field for defense as well. So yeah, I have one more question before we move on to the big preview. Are you guys worried about the pass rush? Yeah. Yeah, we should be dominating Central Michigan's offensive line. We should be dominating Tennessee State's offensive line. We're not. We're not yeah, going up. I, I know I'm it. Go ahead, Danny. I think what I get worried about is, you know, if you give 
the receivers Ohio State has, uh, that extra second, second and a half, they're just going to get open. I mean, our secondary hasn't really been tested uh, too significantly to this point. So I think we're going to gamble with with some blitzes um, on Saturday. And if, if we're not able to get that pressure, uh, it's going to be hard to hard to stop them. Yeah, is uh, Danny, I, I actually agree that I think we're going we're gonna to roll the dice. And I think we're going to have to kind of live with that. With, with rolling the dice, uh, we'll get to the preview, but like sometimes rolling the dice may not be a bad thing. You know, you probably want to stay out of the Ohio State seven to eight minute drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, if Harris that's what they did to us last year. If Harrison Smith Jr. is going to score a touchdown anyways. Get, get the ball back to Sam Hartman ASAP. So uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. But uh, D, the original question, I, I wanted to say no, but I think Ian made a pretty strong argument as to why it's yes. Um, like not being able to get home with four is pretty it's pretty frustrating against Central Michigan and Tennessee State. Uh, yeah. I'm not expecting to get home with three, like there's nobody that dominant, but we used to there's there's times in the past we've been that dominant, but not getting a ton of pressure with four is concerning. Having to bring five and probably even a sixth, uh, depending on, on what the formation is, is is not great because you can't afford to do that against teams that are built like Ohio State, like USC. Yeah. Just to play a little bit devil's advocate here. Look, like, would we like to have more than, was it, four sacks in four games or five and four? I know one of them was Navy, so it doesn't count. But, you know, we're, we're getting the ball out quick, and as Freeman brought up in his press conference, we have the number one pass efficiency offense. I, I think the key, you know, I'd love to see McCord on his ass as much as humanly possible on Saturday. But if you're able to get the ball out quick, McCord's not a guy who's going to run around and make a ton of plays with his feet outside the pocket. Like, Brendan Armstrong was kind of able to do that. He's kind of a bum throwing the ball, though. If we're able to get the ball out of his hands quick and, you know, maybe force him into a bad decision or force him, you know, to a second read where he just has to get it out or check down, you got to make those tackles. But if we're able to get the ball out fast, that's what I'm more concerned about rather than, you know, getting him on the ground. Cause we let him sit back there. Those guys are going to get open. Yeah. I was kind of to Danny's point. Also like throw your, throw your hands up and knock something down too. Right. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not going to get home, throw a paw up there and knock the ball down. Yeah. All right. Should we get into it? Last point on Saturday. Did you see uh estimate estimate switched up the pregame fuel? Did he? What He's he, off the hot dogs. he said, uh, he said Saturday, what would, Chicken, shrimp, and lasagna. So uh, maybe, yeah, that's not all at the same time, right? I think probably at the same time. Let's get him a fourth entree for this week. He might need it. I think he's. I think either way he went. Either way he went airborne like four times. Airborne like four times. That's the Alex Donovan at South Dining Hall. (laughs) I would love to know what time he ate that because if I ate that at any point on Saturday, I wouldn't be able to move. Yeah, um, I wonder if he like asked for a Tupperware on the way out, and they're like, "No, dude, like we're <laughs> we're going to play." <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, like he must be. I think he's got a great personality. Like people love him when he do when he does radio and TV hits. I bet he's probably pretty weird. Just like yeah, his, his, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <say that>. yeah. <laughs> probably fit in perfectly with us. So was Ricky Williams though. Yeah. Right, exactly. All right, so we got number six coming to town, facing number nine, Fighting Irish. Obviously a matchup that has been circled on my personal calendar since it's been announced as an Ohio guy, as is Danny. Um, Biggest game, you know, all things considered, being a Midwest with power, this is the team we want to recruit against. 
probably the most in the country in the Midwest. Um, it's a game that, you know, even more so than Clemson last year, because they had already kind of started that decline. Is this going to be the biggest game since, say, USC 05? Or do we just are we just living in the moment? I think we do this every time. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do. And it's nobody's fault. Like, it's a conversation that should happen. It's yeah, you know, I'm not mad that it happens. I do th- and I'm gonna fall right into the trap again. I do think that this is like just given the quarterback that's here. It, mm-hmm. this is the door the door is the door has started to creak open, right? Like this is a chance to bust bust through it and, and open it all the way and start running downhill a bit. Um, not that USC is not going to be a challenge. Not that Clemson is going to be a challenge, but we, uh, yeah, the the there's a the door's open for us for for uh, for future success here. We just have to capitalize on it this week. I think uh, I think this is the game we want the most. Uh, I mean, you know, we talk about, we, we go up against them in recruiting. I mean, we haven't beat, I saw a stat today. We haven't beat Ohio State since 1936. It's the yeah. longest active losing streak we have against the program. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's not a lot of animosity against like the Clemsons or the, the Georgias that come to town, but yeah, I'm not sure that it'll be too friendly between the fan bases on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I think it's one that we'd all, we'd all love to see. We'd all love to see us yeah. take home. I think that's, I think that's a great take. I do think Thanks, it's the one we want the most uh, I, uh, I i i think you what okay. do you want michigan you want michigan more well no no i was gonna say i used to want michigan the most yeah i've um yeah we've we've took a fair share took a bite took a big bite out of that already so yeah at georgia our senior year was a big one um i think because of the rest of our schedule this probably isn't the most Make or break. Like if we lose, we still have a lot to play for. Yeah, is it, kind of where I'm at on that. I really want to win, but I think win or lose, like if we win, I'm like, all right, first hurdle's done. Got to go get the rest. If we lose, I'm like, shit, two opportunities left. Got to go get the rest. I think like talk to me again on Saturday night if we lose. Like I might be in a pretty different space, but uh, I, I think because if we have the the Duke, honestly, now USC and Clemson, we get other shots the rest of the schedule. Yeah, I I think for me is more. It's not necessarily as much about the opponent as it is the Notre Dame team, which Tom, I think you kind of hit on. It's like this is the first time it's felt real. Looking around to the country, there's no one popping off the page that's like we can't beat. Looking at the teams in front of us, I would say one, maybe two or three, depending on how you feel with like Jordan Travis versus Penix versus Hartman. I think they're all kind of in the same conversation in that second tier behind Caleb Williams. This is the first time where we, like Ian Book, God love him, we weren't going to win a national title or like you know win a playoff game with Ian Book. When we went into that Clemson game in 2018, we were, what, 17-point underdogs? This game's creeping under three. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I do th- think – This if, is real. Yeah, if we win this one, this will be the hardest to get like to get us to slow down. We will get ahead of ourselves a little bit as fans. Um, yeah. But I think rightfully so. I, I, I agree with you there. Um, this is the – most realistic I have felt in a long time. I think it is, it will not be, we need a miracle to beat them, but we can get that miracle. It's like, Hey, if we play our best game, we probably could beat them. Yeah. yeah. If we play an A game, we win. Yeah. Indeed. To, to, my, to, the, to the point we we're just making about like this, like this team uh, and how the doors kind of open. I was just thinking about it too. Like 
tell me right now which of these teams in the top 15 look unbeatable. There's, I don't find a world beater there. I just, Michigan, Michigan doesn't scare me like, you know, like never really have. And I'll, maybe I'll eat my words later on that, but Michigan doesn't scare me. Georgia is flawed. Like that, that you, that South Carolina team is not, not very good. Um, you know, LSU, LSU played really competitively with Florida State for a half. I think they, they could be gotten like just, it's it's a very interesting situation here, and I I think no matter what this this leads to a very fun next ten to twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, getting into the game a little bit. Obviously, Ohio State, the most talented team, will face all year. I think I saw something like they only have like ten player, ten to fifteen players on the roster that aren't a four or five star. Like we're close, we're not quite there yet. Imagine, it, imagine they, being one of those dudes. My is One of them's a running back. Else? I mean, yeah, slightly. Not a quarterback, though. But yeah, continuing on that, if you had to pick one position group matchup in this game that's going to determine it, what would you pick? Like our O-line versus their D-line, our corners, our secondary against their receivers. What's going to be the difference maker? I should have been more prepared for this question. Uh, I mean... I I might say our wide receivers versus their secondary. I haven't watched a ton of Ohio State football this year, but I I I think they have a very strong secondary. Um, I think you know Hartman's done a really good job throwing our receivers open all year, but if he's under pressure from our mediocre pass pro and it's on these receivers to make more plays underneath than they have, um, you know, versus having a, a deep ball dropped into the bucket fifty yards downfield, um, someone's gonna have to step up and, and break a couple. Um, so that's something I'll definitely be watching. Mine's 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 the Ohio State defensive line slash front seven versus our offensive line. Yep, it's it's, it's it, that's it for me. And like you win you win there. Like that's the matchup Notre Dame has to win. That's the name that's the, they're supposed to win. You don't win that, could be a non-starter. Yeah, you look at how Michigan beat them last year. Their O line dominated. Georgia, that's a kind of whole different animal because they were talented and more somehow even more talented than Ohio State all over. Michigan's similarly built to us. I think we can all admit that at least. Um, and they won that game by dominating the line of, line of scrimmage. And you know, I, I agree with you, Tom. And because you know, going back to the point earlier, it's like this is a game we can win. We don't have to rely on them to blunder, make a ton of mistakes, get, you know, lucky plays, you know, thinking of woo picking off a pitch against Clemson in 2020. Yeah. We, we don't need one of those plays to spring us or something like that. This is a game we can straight up win and beat them. It'll be tough, but so, you know, if, if so, you give Sam Hartman time, we can win this game. To go on that. Um, I, I agree with both of what all of, all of you guys are saying about position groups. The other like matchup that I'm going with is Gerard Parker, um, yep. and and who, is Jim Knowles still their DC? Jim Knowles. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know they get such a good call. Um, I like this is the big, the first kind of big showtime moment that Gerard Parker gets. Like play within yourself, call within yourself. Like our strength, our game. Um, our opening script has to be money. I I hate the opening scripts we've had recently. Like I, I think they've been disgusting. Um, and I really, really am intrigued to see how he comes out of the game, like his game plan to start, and then as we talked about how he adjusts without a two-hour break. 
I don't think Knowles is going to throw straight fastballs either. I like. Yeah, he's going to he's going to have something funky. Um, yeah, and this is the uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Dan. No, I was just going to say because like somebody else made this point too. Ohio State really is a big game to prepare for, right? That is taking their attention off of Notre Dame, um, and it's not to give an excuse or anything, but like you know, did travel to Ireland and then did have to go on the road to NC State already. Like you know, it, it's good to be battle tested. There's there's one thing, but then there's the other, other thing where like. Jim Knowles has been cooking for for eleven months, ten and a half months yeah. now, on how he's gonna how he's gonna scheme the defense to to get home, you know. Yep. Yeah. The the other thing I'd add is that I think this is the first big game, at least in my close watching of the team, that I feel like we can actually score with like a top five, top ten opponent, right? Like yeah. think about. Georgia in 2018, what we scored 17 points in that, and we kind of needed a you know a big play on defense or a punt return or something to to spring us there. Last year against Ohio State, we put up 10 points. It was close, but you know didn't have much going on offense. I mean, the Clemson game in, in 2020 is probably the anomaly there, but um, I think if it gets into a bit of a shootout, it's like a rare occasion for us, and that we feel like we can kind of hang in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be a take the air out of the ball, four corners type thing. Like yeah, like, last, like Freeman mentioned that too in the press conference. Right, last year was we're going to huddle every play, we're going to use all forty seconds in the play clock. Like, yeah, I think that there's, I think the Freeman and Parker, and the rest of the offensive staff are going to be okay changing pace. There's going to be times where we go quick. There's going to be times where where we slow things down, right? Especially if that defense, if our defense needs a break, right? It, it'll be a good time to slow it down and feed the backs. But there's going to be a time to step on it as well. And Danny, to your point, um, this is the first time in a long time I'm confident we can score with the opponent at, at this, you know, at, on this magnitude. The Clemson game I don't even think is an exception because you had the, the crazy spike plays like, a, like a woo. Yeah, yeah, and that even last year, interception, whatever you want to call it. Last year, without a blocked punt and pick six, like the momentum yeah. looks a lot different. Like, yeah. yeah, doesn't feel like we need a freak play this week it won't hurt if we have one i'd love it yeah but i don't think I, it, it is something it, crazy as a fan it's so fun going into this game like knowing it'll be in the 20s at least mm-hmm. you know like it, it's so much better knowing that we're gonna actually attack it than yeah. just kind of like as you said take the air out of it other thing i want to mention is i love the way freeman's been handling his presser and kind of the way he's been promoting this game like he wants the moment he wants it like he's promoting the greens promoting the light show promoting the recruiting like I think he's ready for it I'm so excited for the environment that they're going to create but it is Clemson those those plays happen and Freeman didn't really have to like fourth quarter manage that game like I am intrigued to see how Freeman manages this game I'm excited he's taking it head on like you said yeah like, yeah, and the narrative's kind of gone too. Like last year, it was so focused on him being an alum and back against the old program. And I just yeah. think there's more to talk about here, um, and he can focus on the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think we'd be remiss to kind of glance over what everyone thinks of first when we, they talk about Ohio State, the receiving group. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Buka, Julian Flanaming, Carnell Tate, the five-star freshman, getting some reps. We've talked about our corner group. Like, they're really good. Are they going to be enough? I, I think they will. Enough is relative. I think they will be. They're going to get. They will give up. We'll give up yards. They're going to get theirs. 200, 200 to 300 passing yards. But that's enough, I think. Like, they have to 
tackle when they get the chance. Like no letting Marvin Harrison just cook 80 yards down the sideline untouched. Like, w- like they're going to be one-on-one and give up a 20 yard catch, but make a play. No big plays is kind of what I'm at. I'm confident in this group because I think they have tackled well for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, uh, what's what's really cool about about the corners that we have right now is you're not asking Thomas Harper to match up on the one. I like th- this is another same thing with with our receivers, like our receivers matching up on their corners. Like, it's possible that at corner we have four number twos, right? Like, and and we start Benji's to win this. Yeah, Benji's. A I, I also think Cam Hart's a one, but I'm thinking like I, like <laughs> I, I think you can make that argument, right? That nobody's we're not going to have a top fifteen corner this year yeah. in the draft right like so you have guys you guys you guys you can hang with the top but then you'll really start to win on those you you have the chance to win on some of the matchups that are three to the third and fourth read um i thought i thought thomas harper played really really well against nc state i really liked his game and i and i know he's young but like i like Jaden mickey a lot I think he's kind of got a dog to him um he's not going to shy away from the moment he's going to show up so i re- i really Ian, like you said, I think they're going to get theirs. But like, again, this is another different situation for a Notre Dame fan in where you got four corners who I trust. Yeah, I trust. That's it. I, I trust them. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not expecting them to shut them down for less than 100 yards, but yeah, I'm not expecting them to get cooked like Dante mm-hmm. Vaughn in the past. Yeah, you know? it's it's their first big game though, right? Like you think NC State's receiving core is, is certainly subpar. Navy doesn't really yeah. have a passing offense, you know, and then and Central Michigan and ETSU aren't really going to challenge you downfield, so. I agree with you, Dotto. Definitely, definitely something to watch, um, and, and we'll see how they rise to kind of the you know the number one receiving core in the nation, probably. I'm yeah. I'm happy that the safeties are playing so well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having, yeah, they're playing well. It seems like they're seeing stuff pretty well, know where they need to be. Um, having that a little extra help for the corners is big for us. I'm kind of comfortable. With this. I'm kind of comfortable with this back. Yeah, five or six, right? Like you go into that nickel. I'm comfortable. You go into that base four, I'm comfortable. You go, you want to bring out a six? Do you want to go like a dime package? I'm comfortable with that. Like, it just, I trust, I trust that we can go six, seven, eight deep on the back, um, and not be like, oh my god, why is he on the field? Yeah, uh, Ian. Kind of going back to your point about like the back breaking plays, like you know Marvin Harrison going eighty yards. I, I think one, we have to stop them on third down. You even think to the game last year where it, it was still close. DJ Stroud would run around, hit a brack back-breaking third and 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those kind of plays kill your defense. They're tired. You're running around for five, six, seven, eight seconds. They get a first down. They keep doing it over and over because they have the elite guys that can make those plays. But if our guys, one, we can get a pass rush, contain him in the pocket, make him get the ball out quickly, make a play, make him check it down on those plays, that puts us in so much of a better shot. If they start hitting those back-breakers, then I think we're in trouble. If they're consistently executing on third down, which they have not been that great on third down this year. Western Kentucky, they hit some big plays, but they've struggled kind of otherwise. I'm not I'm not gonna act like I've I've watched them enough to know whether they're going on third down, but I'll take your word for it. Uh yeah, I, I think this isn't like I know Heartline's been there a while, but he bottom line is he's new OC. I think they're still trying to figure out probably a little bit like what their true, true identity is going to be, right? You have so much talent that you might not need one, but you know, I don't know if they, if they necessarily think that on third and four, 
it has to be a slant or it has to be, you know, a comeback, or if it's just going to be hand the ball to mine Williams and Trayvon Henderson. Like, I don't know if they know that yet. Um, yeah. On that point, um, Trayvon Henderson is my fantasy back. I benched him out of uh, love for the Irish. I am playing Marvin Harrison. Uh, Penny Bags has to bench him. Yeah. Yeah. Penny Bags has to bench. Yeah. So help me in that, uh, help me in that pressure there. Penny Bags, don't make it about yourself, man. Yeah, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's, it's, about week, it's, it's not all week, of us. This week ain't about you, Bags. Uh, D, I have a question for you. If you could, if you could match this up, who would you, who would you match up on Har- on Harrison? Who would you have on Fleming, and who would you have on Abuka? Look, I, I think. Well, I think you know they move those guys around a lot. I honestly yeah. like the way we've played our corners this year. We don't have them moving around like us like you know just we have playing, them playing sides, playing their sides yeah. Wh- whatever like you're more comfortable in now would i have dj brown over the top of harrison damn near all the time yeah. yes and yeah. have watts play more of a little robber like slash in the box maybe take away some of those underneath dig routes and stuff that that's how like kind of the base coverage would work and that's you know going back to last year's game again i don't want to keep harping on this but I think Al Golden did an absolutely terrible job of, you know, aligning us in the correct matchups. I think that's going to be important. <laughs> Once the double safety blitz is the double safety blitz, <laughs> but there's there's also times where you you know you just you know freshman Jaden Mickey in his first game covering you know these studs. Obviously, that's not a problem for us this year. He's in the second year. We have a deep secondary, but I, I don't want us to get caught with DJ Brown one on one against Sabuka in the slot. My my heart like, was you know. My heart was in my throat when I picked up my head and I saw Mickey, Mickey in that matchup. I was like, no, (laughs) and then it happened in front of me. Uh, Yeah, I just, I'm kind of curious, like, if you needed Cam Hart to go one on one with Harrison, would you, would you have that, or would you rather have Morrison in that spot? I mean, honestly, like, 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 I'm just really depends on what they're trying to standpoint. Athleticism, I think he does match up better. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's really fast. I mean, according to whatever Feldman's freaks list, like he got clocked yeah. around 23. I think physically he matches up better. I think Morrison's still the better technique cover guy. Yeah. Like it, it's it's pick your poise. I mean, this is the best group of receivers in the country. We just have to like, you know, hope and limit them to, you know, stopping the big play. Don't let them slip a hitch for 75 yards. The hard part is, though, is that like last year, that kid Xavier Johnson, who's like a walk on from a small private school in yeah. Cincinnati, scores. So it's just like you cover up all three. <laughs> There's still two or three guys on the bench that can come out and make a play. You want to yeah, hear? I, you want to hear a terrible suggestion? Yeah, sure. You put them both in a room and say, "Who wants Marvin Harrison? First one to speak up, you give it to them." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. If that's how it went this week, I have no. Who wants it? Um. Let me uh, – another thing, D- D- Danny, to your point ra- around David Johnson, a lot of familiar names on this Ohio State roster. I'm looking at the, looking at the depth chart now. Like guys Notre Dame were heavily involved in recruiting mm-hmm. or, or family, right? Like mm-hmm. Tommy Eichenberg, you're going to have Eichenberg's name said in South Bend for the first time in a while. Uh, Sonny Styles is yeah. starting at, sa- at strong safety. His brother Lorenzo is the third string left corner. Um, so that's, you know, another, another name we were in. Wait, on... what? Lorenzo's at corner? Lorenzo's yeah. playing corner. And, and probably red shirting. Yeah. He's a trans- junior transfer right now. Brother. But they were saying that they, they were saying that they stop, you know, Sonny plays a pretty physical 
brand of football. He'll probably walk over like the box. Like six, he's like six four, two twenty five. Yeah, he's, he's like big, Kyle he's Hamilton in the box. <laughs> yeah, Luckily. but I'm just I'm looking. I'm just looking at some of the names. It's like it'll be fun to. Not that I care as much about styles, but like yeah, Liam Liam played some good ball for us. It'd be yeah, be interesting. Interesting to hear Tommy's name on the on the, on the speakers. Back to what Danny was saying about. Like we've recruited a lot of these guys hard, yeah. And starting recently, we've won a lot of the battles. A win here helps us win a lot more of those battles. And there'll be yep. some big recruits in the stands on uh, on Saturday night. Yes, yep. sir, including us. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think this game. I got four years left. More so, <laughs> the, more so than any for like the future of the program. Like we recruit against Clemson, but not that much. Who's and Clemson is really the only big time program because our wins against USC were before they got back. This game will put us on the map with recruits more so than any other. I think more so than beating USC. You know, taking notice of the kids we recruit. Ohio State spends more time in the Texas, Florida's areas we're trying to get into. They'll take notice. Yeah. Yeah. Between co between code between the coach you're gonna go play for and play camp win here, it would be mm -hmm. would be huge. All right. Anything else we want to hit on? Or should we move into predictions? Who has the better backfield? I think we do. Us. Us. 100%. I think we have the best I think we have the best room in the country. Yeah, nation's leading rusher. Now, I would say Ohio State's top 5. Top 5. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's close. Like I, yeah. I think it's us, but like Henderson and Williams are dogs. Williams, yeah. ate, Williams I, got eight our lunch last year on the ground. I I think we have more I I guess variability because i mean they don't have a jeremiah love a small click guy who's four three speed no. all, all those guys are 215 plus um you know they can still hit the big ones obviously because they're freaks but yeah I, I mean like if if we had ohio state backfield i would not be upset i would still take ours in number seven ahead of any of theirs i think i would go audric one henderson two williams three then our, our the guys yeah yeah yeah, I think that's fair. It's a good way of looking at it. Oh, very close. All right. Do you want to start us off with your prediction? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like I said, I think we'll I think we we honestly can stay in this game uh with an offense and, and going score for score in a way that we haven't historically. Um I'm gonna go ND thirty five, Ohio State thirty, Irish on top, um, in a, a semi shootout in South Bend. I'm gonna go 31-27 Irish. All right, I will go. It's a matchup, number six versus number nine. We take them, flip them upside down, and uh, beat them. I'll go 31-30. Game-winning field goal, Spencer Schrader, 47 yards at the horn. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> lovely, lovely. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, I'll go thirty-five, thirty. Andy, um, nice. match, Danny. Love it. Did I? Wow. Great minds, love. I was trying. I was yeah. trying not to, but it just—that was the knee jerk. Uh, yeah. Thirty-five, maybe, thirty. Maybe we match for game day now too. We can take that offline. How is yeah. thirty a knee jerk? Right. How are you guys getting to thirty? We kicking three field goals. Kicking. They're kicking three field goals. They're, they're kicking three field goals? Yeah. We're, 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 one we're, we're bending, not breaking. I have one more thing before we move on to picks across the rest of the country. What about the atmosphere in South Bend 
Saturday night. Are we expecting Georgia 2017, Cincinnati 2020, or something closer to what we see when Michigan comes to town or Clemson last year? The latter. And, and then the latter for you, and then best big game atmosphere since blank. I mean, they're leading into it. You know, you got the green jerseys, which I think are sick. Um, you know, we haven't won those for a big game in a while. They have like the wristbands that are going to be lit up that all the fans are going to wear. Um, I think there's like some undertaking by the athletic department to tap ticket sales, the opposition that, that happened for this one too. So, I mean, you know, South Bend's not an SEC environment. It, it never will be, but it's kind of on, it's on us to make it as competitive and as hard to play in as it can be. And I don't think we've necessarily done that for some of the big games we've had in the past. Yeah. I, I do think we'll, we will tap out what Notre Dame environments can be. Yeah. I, I think anybody that is there really wants to be there. Um, they financially sure as hell made sure of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So I, th I think we'll tap out what Notre Dame is willing to offer, but again, yeah, it's it's not going to ever be you know Jordan Hare, but it'll be. I think it'll be the best game environment we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah I, go ahead. I, I think it's going to be the best atmosphere for game in Notre Dame Stadium I've ever been to. I, I feel like the buzz just even like talking like with our friends this week like this is a different game this is like we have this sense that this team is real there's belief we started out 4-0 in pretty damn impressive fashion the nation's taken notice you've seen that line compress the fact that i think fans think we have a real shot to win this game helps a ton you will see you'll see red and i'm sure they'll get loud at certain points but it's not going to be a 50-50 crowd split or even 60-40. If I had to guess, 75-25 max. And that 75 is going to be probably the loudest 75 we've ever heard in Notre Dame Stadium in the last 20 years. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I think the I, – I guess we'll – I think the best atmosphere that we kind of got – I don't know how you guys felt. I always thought it was Michigan when, when we were there and – I think it'll be that and more, and it, it really like the 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 noon to set the noon to seven thirty on Saturday is just going to be incredible. I I I can't wait. My bag is literally sitting packed next to me. I'll be out to Chicago tomorrow afternoon. I I cannot wait to get to the Midwest. Yeah, come home, Slav. We need you back. <laughs> Bring all the goodie. Um. All right, we'll do some picks. We'll we'll we'll, we'll wrap this baby up. Yes, sir. All right. Um, really good slate this week. Um, really a lot, best, a lot of best fun. slate we've seen in a long, long time. Best slate we've yeah. seen in a long time. It, it, this is this is really cool. That's why we this is, these are the Saturdays we live for. We're gonna leave the dr D, uh, DVR at home, uh, on at home to to get some of these recorded. But we decided not to pick um, Penn State and Iowa, um, which will be which I think has potential to be a good game. I guess it's in Happy Valley. But we decided not to pick that one, and we decided not to pick um, Colorado, Oregon. Just Oregon's twenty-one point favorites. I think that yeah, that one that one might get out of hand. But outside of that, we still got four really really solid games to pick in, in addition to ours. So first one we'll start with is Florida State at Clemson. Uh, Clemson is two and a half point home dogs. Um, got to be very frustrating that that game's at noon for them. Um, probably for everybody involved, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, what do you, what do you guys what do you guys think? That game's on ABC at noon. Look, I think we saw some holes in the Florida State armor. 
Um, yeah, obviously they didn't play the best game. Maybe a little bit of overlooking Boston College. And again, I so one I think my key to this game is Clemson being able to contain Jordan Travis. And if there's one position group on Clemson where they have the talent that they did in 2018 and prior, it's a linebacker position. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., I think Barrett Simpson is his name. Um, those guys could run. They're both probable first-rounders. I think they're able to contain Travis. I think Clemson has enough talent in the secondary. I think as home dogs, they're hungry. You know, they're dropped out of the twenty top 25. I don't know if they're back hit now. But I, I think Clemson gets it done. I think they win the game outright. I'm with you, D. I have, uh, I have Clemson covering and, and winning outright as well. Um, They've had a couple games to get right after the Duke loss. Um, I think they've looked okay in the, you know, kind of cakewalk games they've had since. I think they'll be angry. You know, it's, it's at home. Um, and I think I saw a stat that they've won like six or seven straight against Florida State. Um, I don't think they're ready to relinquish their their title at the top of the ACC. And I, I think they uh, they win this one. Yeah. yeah, it's a rat line for Florida State for sure. Uh, but I do think if you look at Clemson, we didn't talk about this in the national going around the country. Absolutely ridiculous that they're ranked. They're not ranked, and that Tennessee is. Yeah. They, um, did they? Because it doesn't make sense, right? Because the AP poll agrees that Duke's a good team because they have Duke ranked, but they don't think Florida's a good team. They don't have Florida ranked, but Tennessee stays ranked, and, and yeah. Clemson doesn't. Whatever doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think Clemson's a lot better, um, than kind of what they showed at Duke, and even at Duke, they fumbled the like, in the red zone like four times. We talked about that. I'm going to ride with you boys. I'm taking Clemson to cover. I think it could be tight, but I will take Clemson to cover. Um, all right. I'm not with you guys. I'm going to go out, out, out by myself here. I'm going to go Florida State. For me, um, I think that at this juncture right now in college football, I think uh, Norvell is one of the high, hottest coaches in America. I think he's pressed all the right buttons. And I think Jordan Travis is – better than Cade Klubnik, um, but that's not all it boils down to for me. For me, this is a a chance for Florida State to take the ACC back, um, and I think that, mean, that means a lot to them. I think if this game is at 730 in Death Valley, you might have a different answer, but you know, a high, a high noon kick, I think a lot of things are up in the air. It won't have a ton of time to get the energy in there, and this one, I think this one honestly means, means – the most to Florida State this season. Like it was nice to beat LSU, but this is the one that they've been prepping for um, because it's you know this is another chance for them to go downhill from here uh, with eight with eight games left. So I'm going to take the Knowles Jordan Travis um, to to cover the two and a half. Um, all right, next game. I think this one's at three thirty. Uh, is UCLA at Utah? Utah's four and a half point favorites from Bryce Eccles. Uh, who you guys got here, Mr. Guest? Yeah, Ian, you're not gonna like this, but I'm I'm riding the Bruins. Um, I know Cam Risen's coming back, uh, but I don't know, man. He's back from an ACL. He hasn't played in a while. Dante Moore's been kind of hooping too. Um, he's been fun to watch, and uh, yeah, I mean Utah's had had some struggles early on, despite being undefeated at this point. So I'm gonna ride with UCLA, Dante Moore. Yeah, Dante Moore hasn't hasn't hooped in Salt Lake City. Um, it's a tough place to play. Cam Rising coming back. I think they'll be jacked up. Um, 
more so I can't go go pick UCLA after what I said earlier in the pod, so I'm going to continue around with Utah. Um, also, what I said earlier in the pod is that we have no idea how to identify talent at quarterback, and we identified Dante Moore as a talent at quarterback. So that that bubble is going to burst as well. Give me the Utes. I got the Utes as well. I got the Utes as well. I don't. I Dante Moore. He hasn't faced a physical defense like Utah. He hasn't played in the elevation. I I think the Utes win this one and cover. Um, so I got I'm with Danny on this one from the fact that uh, UCLA will get inside the number. Honestly, I think this is a three point game. I think Utah wins by three. I think four and a half is a little little rich for my liking right now. I think. Dante Moore balling out. Chip Kelly tends to have pretty good game plans going here. And I still don't know exactly how healthy Cam Rising is because he was supposed to be fully healthy two weeks ago. But, um, yeah, I, for those reasons, I think Utah still wins at home and they keep their they keep their Pac-12 championship hopes alive. But I think UCLA, UCLA gets inside that four and a half. Uh, so give me the Bruins uh, for, in that way. Um, another 330 game. And we touched on this one earlier. Uh, Old Miss travels to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. Alabama is seven-point favorites right now, one touchdown favorites over Old Miss. Uh, who you guys got here? There's something bad going on in Tuscaloosa. His name is Tommy Reese. The Trojan horse we sent down there to take down the Empire <laughs> bounces back in the tide cover. I don't know. I uh, I think Ole Miss is – I mean, the storylines are all around Alabama, but Ole Miss is quietly like kind of the only SEC team that's done what they're, they're supposed to do each week. Um, I remember watching this game last year too. I think it was like around Thanksgiving and an unranked Ole Miss team had like a legit shot to beat Alabama, um, and they, they didn't get it done, but it was close. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with Jackson Dart and, uh, and take the Reds. God, this is a tough one. Um... I'm pretty much. I'm gonna take Bama only because it just seems like too good of a storyline is the bounce back storyline there with Jalen Milrow, and they're better at every other position on the field, other than quarterback. Which I know we've talked about that matters the most, and you win at that position, you win a lot of times. But I just think Bama will rebound. The fans will get behind them. Nick Saban potentially a last hurrah figures it out. Bama kind of rolls at home. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be on the tide as well. Um, I think that Melro bounces back after what I, what I really believe was his, was a was an internal suspension. Um, I think he plays pissed off. I also think that that really is his locker room. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that that locker room thinks it should be Buckner and it shouldn't be Sims. And I think that effort showed last week. I think that you know it might have been a nice lesson from Saban to teach his guys like, hey, you don't like those guys, that's fine, but I need you to play harder. For Milrow, if that's going to be your guy, um, so uh, I think this game goes back and forth. Like, if you told me that this, you know, it, honestly, if we all come out here next week and it's a push, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I don't think this gets to like a blowout, blowout place, but I think Alabama will, will, will at least push to cover the seven uh, at home and bounce back a bit here. Um, all right, this one I think is also at three thirty, possibly later, but. Uh, I'll check now while we're giving the picks. But this one is this one's a, a, a real fun one. Oregon State goes up to Washington State. Washington State is three point dogs at home. Uh, who you guys got here? Home dog is enticing for Washington State. They have a really impressive 
win against Wisconsin. Sneaky DJU has kind of been balling. Yeah. I, I like what they're doing at Oregon State. I'll take the Beavs. I just love how the Pac-12 just has so many just like sneaky good teams. Mm. I like the Beavs. Yeah, I uh, admittedly have not not watched much of either of these teams, so I'm, I'm paying a tribute to the the field guy here. Um, but I mean, I, I think uh, Washington State's getting a lot of credit for beating a Wisconsin team that, that's actually not very good. I know they struggled a bit last week, and are still kind of getting it all figured out. So I'm going to ride the Beavs as well, uh, with, with minimal reasoning. I'm going to go Beavs as well. Um, the DJ DJU aspect with a guy like that, and you play his game, you can kind of control. Uh, even even in a way our environment. So I'm going to go to the Beavs, take care of business. Clean sweep for us. I'm going to the Beavs as well. I think that uh, DJU is playing really well. I think he's swooping a bit um, out, out, out of Oregon State. I think this defense is pretty good too. Um, Washington State had that home dog win against Wisconsin. Um, I think they're probably good for one, one of those a year uh, against a team that they probably normally wouldn't beat. But uh, – and for that reason, I don't think they get this one against Oregon State. I think Oregon State goes up there and, uh, and wins. Uh, the not battle going away, but what was it? The battle of the Pack Two. The battle of the Pack Two. Yeah, this is the conference championship game for the foreseeable future, which is which is which is something. Um, all right, fellas. So we've picked our five. Um, anybody confident in a lock that they have this week? Yeah, I'm going for redemption. Last week, I somehow had faith in a man named Phil. And that guy just sucks. And uh, North Carolina, it's at Pittsburgh. Thought about this one, too. But this is going to be a road game for Pitt. They fucking hate the team. They're going to boo them coming out of the tunnel. This is a North Carolina home game. They have Drake May. Seven and a half. I'll take the heels. That, That works for me last week. Heels seven and a half worked for me last week, so I recommend. Yeah. yeah. Would would do again. Uh D, you said it was seven and a half and the game's at Pitt, right? Yeah, I'm seeing seven and a half, eight o'clock game. Danny, by the way, we parlay all of our locks. Um, and we would have hit if um our, our host could see the board correctly. Alex. Uh well well, fellas, I got mine. Um, I, I've been spending a good amount of time in uh, the northern suburb of Evanston, Illinois lately. Uh, my girlfriend started school up there. Shout out to her. She, she's definitely not listening. Uh, but football is a dirty word north of Wrigley Field. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm meeting some some new people. I'm asking if anyone's going to the games or watching games anywhere. And, and you know, you, it's not something that people are happy to talk about. And it's not, not particularly fun to watch either. Um, I think they scored a garbage time touchdown to lose to Duke by like 21 last week. I don't think it was that close. The entire game, uh, they got P.J. Fleck coming to town. They're 11-point underdogs. Uh, I like Minnesota to cover at Ryan Field. Um, you're never at home at Ryan Field. So you'd rather row the boat than go through a car wash. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right. I got a FaceTime from uh from Alex and uh Brennan for my birthday on Sunday my birthday on Sunday night and they, they did ask my girlfriend uh if she's gone through the car wash yet. And, oh uh, my <laughs> lord. I did explain that one after uh, after we got off the line. Goodness gracious. <laughs> that's 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 some special stuff out of D and D and Brennan there. Um yeah, I will say D, I'm I'm a fan of the Greek rifle. He's quarterbacking quarterbacking that Minnesota team. So good uh good play there. Ian, you got yours? Yeah, there's a couple that I was eyeballing, and I hate the hooks on both of them. Um, yeah. 
I don't recommend either. I was looking at Cincinnati. Um, and they got Oklahoma, actually, right? Yeah, no, I was going to go with the Sooners. Um, since yeah. he losing to Miami High, was a tough break. Um, but it's I feel like the bounce back's imminent there because that's 14 and a half. That hook kills me. So I am going to go to Connecticut. Oh, um, wow. You go, you go to the Reds, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Riley Leonard to take down Connecticut, who I think is really bad. I think Duke needs to score probably 20, 28 points. I don't know. 30 points. Call 30 points to cover 21 and a half. Um, that half point doesn't look great, but I think Connecticut is very bad and Duke is still trying to earn the respect they deserve. Uh, so I'm going to take the Blue Devils to cover 21 and a half on the road. Nice. Got a nice little tobacco tobacco road uh, par- way to kick off our parlay. Uh, I'll finish it with a, with a Big Ten West combo with Danny here. Um, I am going to take – I just want to make sure this line still where it was this morning. but I, got, I can look for you. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to take Wisconsin. Um, Whoa. At home, minus six against Purdue. Whoa. Uh, I know they lost to Washington State, but I, 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 I had eyes on that Purdue-Syracuse game last week because that was my lock. And, boy, did that Purdue team look bad. Garrett Schrader kind of shook him out of their jock straps and at home uh, – so that was that was not impressive. I think this is a week where like Braylon Allen run, Braylon Allen runs nuts. Uh, Fickle gets his stuff together, and and Tanner Mordecai can actually start to piece some of this together. It might be a good week. Every every week and play Purdue might be a good week to be a quarterback. Would so it I'll change your mind if I told you this was in West Lafayette? Is it? It is um, on, Friday, on Friday night. That's why it was the Friday night. That's why I'm not seeing it. Uh, no, still giving still giving okay. Nope. Right. Sorry. Sorry for mixing that up. No worries. So we got we got our Big Ten West representative uh, representatives on one half of the parlay, and our ACC Tobacco Road representatives on the other half of the parlay. Lovely. Awesome. Do we have uh, Do we have frauds? Oh, we do have frauds. Ian, quick question: Was that was that game still at six? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Badger. Yeah. Yeah. Frauds. Who wants to go? I'll go first. I'll let Danny finish it off. Um, I think my fraud's Matt Campbell. Um, the way yeah. that that program has kind of folded. Uh, we want, uh, not we, not us, but some of the old heads around Notre Dame wanted Matt Campbell to be our head coach. I am so glad that he is not our head coach. Um, did you guys see him go after a guy who lightly chirped him? Yes. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's been on edge, it seems. Yeah, went after a fan who said, your seat's hot. Like, he didn't even say anything else. He said, your seat's getting hot, and Matt Campbell went after him. Fraud. Fraud. Yeah. See? I, I like – it's lame to pick him again, but I'll go Pat Narduzzi instead of <laughs> Phil. <laughs> I was going um, to um, Yeah, you can still go Phil. Because Pat Narduzzi said, it's like, no, that, our fans weren't booing Phil. They were booing me. Like, no, you bozo. Have some self-awareness. Your team sucks. You've lost the <laughs> locker room. You have a scrub at quarterback that you refuse to take out of the game. You'll keep losing until you take him out. I can't wait to play them this year. We'll probably only win by a field goal. But until then, Pat Narduzzi <laughs> is my fraud. My uh, that, uh, course correction here, I, I, met, I said Braylon Allen. I meant Jasmine Lucy for Wisconsin uh, in the run game. So a uh, bit fraudulent of me right there. But 
My real fraud of the week is going to be uh, the New York Giants defensive line uh, because uh, it, it, that was really ugly on Sunday afternoon. I can't believe I, I watched that whole thing again. Uh, yeah. Just an inability to get even close to getting home against Josh Dobbs. Uh, you won. Of, 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 the, of the Cardinals is really frustrating. Yeah, but it didn't feel very good. Um, so my, my, I thought the offensive line played better for the Giants. That's why they didn't make this week's fraud. Defensive line, though, you guys are staying on there uh, until further notice. You guys actually may have made my list. So uh, that's Daniel Jones had like one of the best second halves of football that a quarterback's had in a long time. That was wild. Yeah, we had did we have this conversation last week regarding like do people think Daniel Jones? Like, do I actually think Daniel Jones is good? I just kind of said it's not fair to judge him yet because <laughs> he's running for his life all the time. I think it's still applies. Yeah. D. I'll round us out here. My, my fraud of the week is the Herb Street family. Uh, this actually dates back two weeks. Uh, I, I think we were all watching college game day when Kirk picked against Notre Dame, uh, NC State week. Um, you know, very, not 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 ideal, but forgivable. Well, Friday night, the St. Xavier Bombers uh, hosted their first BCR matchup against the Mulder Crusaders. Uh, bitter rivalry in the city of Cincinnati. Um, lots of anticipation for this year's team. His son, Chase Herb Street, our starting quarterback, goes out, throws three picks. We lose 20 to 10. It wasn't even that close. So, uh, you know, the Herb Street family, the golden family of college football, let, let, let's be a little bit better going forward. So I, you, I meant to you, ask about that, the result of that game. Yeah, not good. So, so you, sorry, your, your fraud's a 16-year-old? Yeah. Is that not – you guys talk about 16-year-olds super favorably I, on the podcast. I thought we cut it off at kind of college – yeah, no, it's okay. No, do you? You're a guest. Well, Sorry. for our our our, our uh, listeners not looking at the YouTube live stream, Dono does have his uh, Saint X State Championship shirt on, and I have my uh, my coffee mug here. So you know, we're yeah. still a little bit too invested in those uh, those boys on North Bend Road. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, fellas. Let's Good pod. Do it. Good pod. Live reaction pod after the game. Is there a talent gap <laughs> from the parking lot? You think? Yeah, probably. Well, from the parking lot, if we lose, from the linebacker patio, if we win. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's a really good well, virtual handshake all that. Danny, thanks for, thanks for joining us this week. Hope you had fun. Hey, fellas, always a blast. Looking forward to seeing all of you in uh, in South Bend this weekend, and uh, let's get a W. Office yeah. hours at the back or 3 o'clock. Be there. Sign me up. <laughs>